0: This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And
1: Storage King.
0: They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic!
1: Hello and welcome to the 100th edition of Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Mark Van Aken in a minute. And while we're celebrating a milestone on the show tonight, it's no excuse to have a tribute episode after the week it's been. With the opening round of the A-League, overshadowed by the edge-of-your-seat roller coaster ride that was Tuesday night's second leg of the World Cup playoff tie against Syria. And even that pushed off the back pages by the post-match drama around Ange Postacoglu. And the likelihood that he'll quit his post as national coach, even if Australia qualify for the World Cup, it's heady stuff. And we haven't even touched on the craziness of the international qualifiers going on this week. But as always, we'll have it all covered on box to box tonight. First up, we're going to try to inject a little common sense into the discussion around the next leg against Honduras. And the conversation around the coach with one of the most respected names... In the game in this country, the man after whom one of our most illustrious awards is named Socceroo legend Alex Tobin on the show for the first time before we chat again to a long-time friend of the show, the Australians, Ray Gatt, to dig a little deeper into what he knows about the road ahead to Central America and, of course, the Posta Coglu in And, of course, we'll wrap up the first hour, as we always do, with our man Dean Hennessy to take a look at Sydney FC's FFA Cup semi-final win over South Melbourne and preview round two of the A-League. In the second hour, of course, we'll chat with a second edition news and Mark Van Aken, but a conversation with Arsenal blogger Andrew Magnan. That's a little... Surprise that uh, Michael's organised through the Sports Writers Festival, the author of Ask Blog, and then we'll chat to Hayden Fox, who would have thought a couple of weeks ago that we'd be introducing him as the head coach of the Western Sydney Wanderers ahead of their round two clash against the Mariners. Then Dean, we'll look through the international scene before we wrap it up with Stoppage Time, a special edition of Stoppage Time, looking back
2: on 100 episodes of this show. Michael, we got here. We did get here, 100 shows, but what a week. I mean, doesn't the A-League Round 1 seem like a century ago? It's been yeah. a very long week for football fans. Uh, obviously kicked off with the A-League and then the drama ensuing the Socceroos. Um, but the Wednesday morning for me, the week in terms of trying to uh, work out who we were going to play and following the results out of CONCACAF and mm. at one moment uh, it looked like it was absolutely going to be Panama and then mm. it was absolutely going to be the USA, mm. which would have been a huge shock. And then obviously um, a couple of crazy goals that ended up with uh, Honduras being our opponent. And what a destination that'll be for the team and, and fans too. It's, it's going to be an incredible three-week build-up to that match, which yeah. will be, I think, um, much bigger than the Uruguay one in 2005. Wow, that's a big call. I think it's going to be huge. Mark, welcome to the 100th welcome show. Welcome back, Mark. That's
3: it. Raise the bat. 100 shows.
1: There we go. Straight what, what's it? this uh, uh, bigger than the Uruguay match?
3: I don't. I don't. In the context of that, we hadn't made it for 32 years, so that's that's the only reason I disagree with that. And there was also the drama of Uruguay the, the four years before, where we obviously went over to Montevideo and spat on and kicked and shoved. So I think there was a little bit more in that one, but it's still a massive game, no doubt.
1: well At least we're going to be used to Honduras somehow. I think we're going to get a similar welcome when we turn well, up. Well, it could be worse. I'm actually trying to tee up Giannis
3: Michalik uh, for next week's show. Tried yeah. to get him for this week. And Giannis um, Michalik Giannis Michalik. He's a former US men's player. I had the chance. I was actually trying to find the interview. To try Time plate this week, but it was about eight or nine years ago. Got lucky enough to get on the set of Sports Centre, interview him and Derek Ray, and of course Tommy Smith with mm-hmm. a And one thing, um, we're going to hear from Alexi Lullis through Fox Soccer, but um, what was funny, he was talking about when he played for the US that everyone just expects that you're going to go to Honduras because you're a superior nation Mm. and and he specifically spoke about Honduras and he said Mm. it's not that easy because you get there and the grass is a foot high and you're getting balloons full of piss thrown at you. (laughs) He goes it's not that much fun so hopefully we can track him down somewhere in Bristol over there. Is that a
1: local Honduran sort of form of uh, admiration? Yeah, I was
3: going to say it's a term of endearment, I've got a term, (laughs) uh, an active endearment over there. (laughs) Anyway, you'd be worried if they weren't doing that. Now, the drama of Coglu, which we've spoken about, you've spoken about there, Michael. We've got a bit of audio to listen to now because we've got a few opinions. Obviously, we're going to hear from Alex Tobin and Gaddy. I think they're going to come at it from two very different angles. Hence, we've got them back to back. Anyway, he's a great friend, and hopefully, he's uh, got something to say. A couple of people had something to say this week. Tim Cahill, of course, scored the brace on Tuesday night, although there was a lack of class with some of it, which we'll get to in a second, my opinion. But uh, he was on the defensive yesterday Mm. talking at the, uh, I guess, the launch of the derby between City and Melbourne victory. Let's hear what he had to say.
4: I don't think it's disappointing because it's just speculation. And I feel that um, this angle the day after the biggest game in Australian soccer to qualify for a fourth consecutive World Cup um, is not needed especially now. So um, I think we concentrate on celebrating a 2-1 victory, firstly, and looking forward to full house at home in Sydney of 80-plus thousand that's going to pack out Australia. And regardless whether people like it or not, everyone's going to be watching because this is a chance of a fourth consecutive World Cup. So um, speculation is always going to come with our game. Um, and it's just disappointing. It's coming out the day after. How's it affecting players
0: at all?
4: It's not affecting any players. How is that? How are you able to
0: choose who do, do you not want? To... It's called
4: professionalism.
1: As usual, Timmy uh, gets on the front foot. Now there are a couple of things that I picked up out of that. One of them is a whack to Ange. Um, clearly. Um, to anybody who's following that The the story that Dave Davutovic wrote to me um, is a leak that's coming directly from Anne's, That's my opinion. Um, I know I might not be right, but that uh, if that's the case, then then that's uh, that's a whack from from Tim Cale to to the gaffer. Um, and secondly, the uh, the the point at the end. I mean, he has got his head in the sand, doesn't he? I mean, uh, suggesting that that the players are not affected.
2: I think it was a really good comment from Tim. And I, I, you probably that's all he could say um, when you think about what's transpired. But, I mean, but that, that doesn't the football community in Australia need to but, but grow up a little my, bit but here? But, but
1: what I'm saying is, that my point there is, if the source of the leak was Ange, and Tim is, you know, is well, where else does it come from? Um, uh, there's a degree of aggression around saying, we should be talking about the, the result. And I agree with him on that score then that's just putting two and two together.
3: Well, what's interesting, of course, Archie Thompson worked under Ange for a year at Melbourne Victory. He knows him very, very well. He had a kind of a different thing to say at the same launch. Let's listen to that.
1: Well, to be honest, I've actually... Uh, I've not once, even when he was winning, seen him happy. <laughs> so, so I don't think his body body's changed. Like, you know, his uh, his persona hasn't changed at all. Like, I mean, he's always pretty cagey. Uh, you know with what he he gives out but what the important thing is that he gives everything to the and confidence and to the to the players because you know regardless of what's happening on
5: with supporters with media with with, uh, with all this criticism like I said
1: it's about giving that belief to the players and whatever he has to say to the players that's the important thing not what he says to us.
3: Now, part of that, which I missed, uh, part of that grab was basically, he said, yeah, of course it's affecting the players. How could it possibly not be affecting the players? So mm. I know he's retired, so he can probably be a little bit more forthright, mm. but it was really at polar opposites to what Timmy was saying.
2: Well, the Players' Voice, which is a new um, website established by uh, the, PF, uh, the PFA's to um, give the guys a voice, was a really interesting article that uh, Matt Ryan uh, wrote, or it was ghosted for him, obviously, but um, he basically said that, you know, on... You know, the day after the game He he put aside some time to spend with his family Before he flew back to to England To uh, resume his duties with Brighton And he basically said he didn't know about it Until he later in the afternoon when he turned his phone on And he was shocked And then he went on to, you know, in quite some detail And you can obviously read it In quite some detail um, about his relationship with Ange And uh, the impact of him leaving So, um, yeah, it was a really interesting uh, article from... From Matt's perspective, and just sort of gave you a bit of an insight into, you know, when when a story like that breaks, and it's not the first or last time. And I mean, this is where, where I said before, isn't it? The Australian football community has reacted, you know, pretty violently to this story, you know, in terms of the the you know the commentary and so forth. So for me, what's interesting is that it's just another part of football. There is all sorts of speculation, and and in the scheme of a coach and where he's at and what opportunities he's got, you know, sometimes he might need to. Uh, have a friend leak so a bit of su- information.
1: You're suggesting that in in some of the more uh, emotional countries uh, like South America and Europe
2: that this is just part of the course. It's, it's just, just, just part of the course. move along. That it being is part of the course, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah. managers positioning sure, themselves for next jobs. And yeah. you know, he probably wanted to send a message to maybe he's talking to three clubs at the moment. He, yeah. I mean, there's a whole range of issues, yeah. and you know, I just find it interesting when people people come out and say, well, he's got to go now because he's not 100% committed, you know. He'll be 100%, he'll be 100% committed because we know the man he is. Yeah. Anyway, the
3: next two segments are all on this same topic, so let's move on, shall we, gents? And I reckon Gaddy might disagree with you there, well, I'll um, talk Mike. About that. If you've uh, read his uh, yarn throughout the week. Now, still on Tim, the Socceroos fans will have scratching their heads when Super Tim ditched his trademark corner flag boxing celebration after two massive goals, of course, against Syria. But now the reason's been revealed. Cahill, the Australian captain for the match. Surprise, surprise, was plugging a trademark of a different kind. Cahill made a plane motion, similar to Jared Haynes' famous Hayne plane, after both goals. And he apparently also made a symbol. well not apparently, he did, after his extra time winner, which is of course his 50th goal for the Socceroos. According to his Instagram post, or an Instagram post from Tripadil, Cahill has just become a brand ambassador for the travel company and used this historic moment to plug the partnership on the one hand, we loved him because he's got us through on Tuesday night. On the other hand, this is just cheap. It's crass, and I'm sorry. The soccer roos are not your personal plaything to promote your marketing agenda.
1: Yeah, endorse that, Ditto um, Timmy, you just sometimes we love you, but there are times that you just get ahead of yourself, brother. And uh, and this is not an occasion for you to uh, to be uh, adding to your stockpile of vision. Um, it's one of those situations where you, you, you're setting an example to everybody else in Correct. the team, and um, and if it's good enough for you, then it's good enough for them, and before we know it, every player will be doing it the first opportunity they get.
3: Don't now, if there weren't, thinning, I reckon someone was at Geelong when someone
1: changed their name to Whiskers, but anyway, that's another yeah, story. Yeah, I was actually. I've still got a can of Whiskers at home.
2: Yeah, have you got the yeah. one with Gary Hawkins? here? Yeah, right?
1: that's the... Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about.
2: Got, that's and, worth, that's and, worth and, quite a bit. And yeah. do you
1: know what? I think you organised when you were working for Geelong. You organised for me to get it signed. So I did. I, yeah. Yeah, so for those listeners who have got no idea what we're talking about, Michael worked <laughs> at the Geelong Football Club. Gary Hocking changed his name to Whiskers for a promotional uh, uh, exercise. Um, his face was on a can because that was his nickname. And yes, I do have a can. I might put it on eBay. he would
2: probably do pretty mortgage. pretty well. Um Look, I don't care about it. One you guys have jumped into Timmy Cale. He's he's a national legend. His forehead should be heritage listed. <laughs> and a, and you guys have jumped into Timmy Cale like he's just I mean, if he wants to, you know, do backflips in the sign of an M to celebrate a partnership with McDonald's, I don't really care as long as he scores goals.
3: I reckon that's more um not Kyle Simon. Sam Kerr's gear there anyway. Now, as if there wasn't enough contri- controversy this week with the Socceroos, Aaron Moy has moved to shut down suggestions of a rift with Socceroos coach Hans Postacoglu after he was dropped for that 2-1 win on Tuesday night. They usually shine reserved. Moy used social media on Wednesday to head off any talk of his omission from the starting lineup, up in Sydney might have had something to do with his decision, the 27 year old reports, uh, reporters after the match told reporters, to have another crack at that, that he was angry at being left out by Apostol who is said to have broken the news to Moy at training by simply saying bluntly, You're
2: not playing. What's interesting about that is that that leaked, um, you know, people knew Moy wasn't playing the night before the game. Mm. So obviously that leaked. Uh, I, I, And there's a a lot's been um, sort of caught up in the fallout around Ange Postacoglu's story, but this one for me was a big one. The fact that that team news leaked the night before the game and everybody who was anybody had a connection who knew the source of that information pretty quickly... Uh, that worried me a bit, actually. That did worry me a bit because you can't, you can't have that happening.
1: Well, Aaron doesn't say a hell of a lot, and he obviously um,
2: said something, didn't
1: he? Yeah, clearly. Mm. And um, and that, yeah, I think it's good, um, a good point to make their edge because, uh, you know, we, we, it could have been the the, the greatest uh, risk. That came off Or the greatest disaster I mean many people contrasted it With Harry Kuehl Back in 2005 When Gus uh, Left him on the bench And he came on And started well, It was a uh, great Mass
2: stroke was... by Ange Wasn't it Just to have Brad Smith um, You know Terry's Upper hip muscle <laughs> And then bring Aaron Moy on To everyone's Shock and chagrin And yeah. Aaron Moy Goes on to dominate yeah. What a mass stroke move yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, uh, well, it didn't. Uh, it didn't happen that way, did it? Because uh, he, as you say, he came on and uh, and it all changed. Anyway, look, we've got a stack of stuff to get through. We've got Alex Tobin coming up after the break. Ray Gut later in the hour. Hayden Fox in the second hour. So stick around. The hundredth anniversary show is block After the break, Alex Tobin. Box to box. The Chemist Warehouse.
0: Home of real brands and real savings. And storage gear They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial
1: goal This of all. is Box to Box on NTS News Talk what Now next guest was capped 87 times for Australia as a central defender. He took part in three World Cup campaigns and rates... Uh, one of his proudest achievements, a nil-all draw against Brazil in Riyadh in a group match in the 1997 Confederations Cup, which was one of the great games with, littered with uh, with big, big name stars, uh, one of the great Brazilian sides of all time, Rivaldo, Danilson, Leonardo.
2: We had a, a few of our time, own
1: stars in that game. And so one probably. of them was Alex Tobin, Correct. the man who's on the line. Welcome to the show, Alex.
2: Legend of Australian football. Good morning.
1: Hey Alex, thanks for coming on the show, mate. And, uh, and look, um, there's plenty of, uh, of outrage and opinions and all sorts of things. So we thought we'd go to uh, a cool head in this uh, this country in terms <laughs> of, support. but uh, but mate, um, look, first of all, the, the the game the other night, we got out of jail. Um, how how did you uh, see the whole setup? The the Aaron Moy being benched, uh, the uh, you know the the, the whole uh, uh, th- uh, you know three up the back structure that, that Ange has been sticking with. Um, what's your view on all of that?
4: Yeah, I think we we struggled through it. I think your you, your description is pretty is pretty um, uh, correct. I mean, we won the game, and in the end of the day, that was the uh, the most important. I guess aspect out of it is that we have progressed, but uh, it certainly wasn't in a in a convincing manner. And uh, against the Syrian side, who uh, you know put everything into it, but really in terms of you know quality, uh, you know, shouldn't have been a, a major obstacle for us. But they were, and. Uh, uh, and the reality is that we we need to play a lot better to to get past the Honduras or to be uh, to do you know anything at a World Cup you know should we qualify?
2: Alex, uh, you've been around a long time. You've seen it all. You've um, you've been inside camps when there's been controversy and pressure. Uh, what did you make of um, the, the 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 Wednesday's um, media reports in particular? The story about Ange that developed quickly. Um, what did you make of all of that, and and the and how can that impact a player group, especially a player group that after a game, as as we all know, they they go their own ways pretty quickly.
4: Exactly right, all, all headed off, you know, back in back to Europe, back to mm-hmm. Asia, wherever they may come from. It, it it was a very strange one, I must say, and it uh, can affect the player group. Perhaps it was a uh, you know inklings that they a few of them might have already known. I'm not really certain about that. Uh, but yeah, I guess the uh, the doubt of um, uh, you know who's going to be in charge next? Uh, if it is, if you know, if the rumours are to be true, I mean, it hasn't been uh, uh, confirmed or d- denied officially, I guess. But um, you know, they would be thinking, well, you know, is, is there going to be another person to impress or, or whatever after qualification, and who's that going to be? Uh, it raises a lot of questions and doubts and so on amongst a group that perhaps. Uh, although, you know, being successful and, and progressed and so on, uh, must be thinking, well, you know, we're just not certain of the future. And that that's usually not a, a great state to be in. Uh, having said that, they're all professionals. And, you know, regardless of it, if it's Ange or if it's somebody else in, in the future, uh, you know, their, their priority is to qualify for a World Cup. And I would still have good confidence that we'll do that. Uh, regardless of the circumstances we, we just don't know what's going to happen between now and november at the moment
6: alex it's dean here a question to you with regards to your experience traveling away to some of the uh, maybe the darkest places on the planet to play an away <laughs> game uh, can you just for our listeners just give us a bit of insight to some of uh, the occasions where you went away and it you know whether it was the game itself or the atmosphere or the facilities and or what comes <laughs> with going away to some of these places
4: well I, I guess i could probably say that consistently uh the, the most frightening places to go to uh, it's not the right word frightening uh, but south america and central america are clearly you <laughs> know uh, uh, w- w- well above you know anything you would experience in, in europe or asia or, or anywhere because of uh, the crowds because of the hostility and so on um, i and, and things that i would have gone through in the 80s and 90s and all the other socceroos did as well would be yeah pretty uh, uh um, uh not something to be repeated to be to be perfectly honest because you know, we, we would go to, to Argentina, we uh, you know, basically the, the lifts would break down, we'd have to walk ten flights of stairs <laughs> ten flights of stairs to get breakfast. You know, that was pretty sort of standard. Uh, uh bands would play outside your hotel you know all night just to keep you keep you awake and so on now trust me all of this happened uh and the best one was um and this consistently happened was ripping up the road like a construction crew would actually come in and rip up the street outside your hotel so you'd have you'd have trucks and uh, things going on all night that that happened in a few different places what i know for certain though is that the time for doing that was really the you know the 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 90s and before you know now fifa come down very hard on countries in terms of their preparation and what they're uh, uh, allowed to do and they can't do so in in that respect uh, i'd have a lot more confidence that the soccerers will go to honduras and there's a a certain limited uh uh um, standard that they are going to uh, uh have to have you know they're not going to be put you know given to the wolves, so to speak because <laughs> fifa fifa know that uh, sorry every country knows that if you mess with fifa uh, in anything regarding this, especially in terms of player security and, and so on, uh, you know, you, you get thrown out. You, you just you, you don't play any more home games after that. So, uh, I, I, although very intimidating, the crowds and the noise and the atmosphere will, will clearly be hostile. Um, you know, the players should be safe, secure. You know, able to prepare correctly uh, for the game in Honduras. Not going to be easy, certainly. But you know, I've got you know a strong group of characters. You know, Australian footballers generally are. Uh, I think they'll get through it
1: okay. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Australian football legend Alex
2: Tobin. Alex, um, tell us about uh, your impression of Ange Postacoglu at the moment, um, in particular, um, not so much the story, but we've talked extensively about the story over over this show, but just how do you think he's going at the moment in, in relation to his own approach? Um, I mean, there's a lot made of his body language, but you've worked with coaches in similar uh, pressure cooker situations. How do you think he's travelling?
4: Yeah, I, I think a lot of lot's been said about his sort of approach to the media and sort of uh, uh, that. Um, uh, I guess a uh, a reasonably not, not confrontational is not the right word. It's sort of just you know not not necessarily engaging and so on. And I and I think probably to be fair to Ange, you know, his priority is not necessarily what the media think about his tactics and his uh, uh, you know the, his decisions and so on and so on. And I think over time you you've found that. Uh, you know, he's less responsive or, or less uh, uh, gregarious, I guess, in terms of, you know, how he contributes to the media. And and that's that's fine from, from you know, the, the, the nation's point of view because, in the end of the day, the results are the, are the priority. Um, but it, it does then field speculation that there are, you know, things amiss with him or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe from the media sense and maybe we're, you know, but in his own mind, I've, I'm sure he's saying, well, uh, I'm not really bothered uh, in, if my my priority uh in terms of you know keeping the media happy is nowhere near my priority in getting the you know the the uh, country to a world cup so you know perhaps that's that that's happened but yeah you you can sort of what i think is the of all the stories going around about what the situation is with Ange potentially leaving the one least likely is because of his frosty relationship with the media yeah. I, I don't think that's got uh, anything to yeah. do with it um uh, but yeah, it it, it it plays for that there could be potentially uh, problems and so on and so on. And obviously, you know, the, the, the Moy situation or him not playing and so on, then sort of says, well, is there a problem with the playing group? Because, you you know, Moy being the player that he is currently, and I guess I would be of the opinion and many would be, well, you know, he would clearly be one of the first players selected for, for any soccer team. You know, him sitting on the bench, I guess that, you know, brings out... Uh, thoughts, well, what is exactly going on? And uh, uh, those ones haven't been answered, and uh, you know, I doubt whether uh, Angie's going to do a press conference tomorrow to explain why Moy was on the bench. That's not going to happen. Mm. Uh, so all of these sort of things, I guess, are going to be... Uh, remaining a mystery for a little bit longer
1: Hey Alex, uh, Alex Tobin thank you so much for coming on Box to Box tonight, uh, 522 games in the National Soccer League mate uh, you would grace the pitch if you were still playing these days and you've certainly graced our show tonight mate with some uh, very considered opinions in a in a real hotbed environment mate so uh, hopefully we'll get you on the show again uh, once we've qualified and we can talk about the road ahead to Russia
4: Thanks. For, thanks for that guys, it was a pleasure
1: Stick around because Ray Gaddy's next. We're going to continue this conversation with the Chief Football Writer of the Australian. Box to
0: Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings.
1: And storage key
0: They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of
1: all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talksport, And who better to have on our 100th anniversary edition of the program than our great mate from the Australian Chief Football Writer, Ray Gatt? Welcome to the show, Ray.
5: Uh, g'day Rob, congratulations on a hundred. And obviously, we're just going to talk about the uh, A League
1: round this weekend, is that right? Yeah, that's no, it. No. There's no, been nothing else going on I in football. <laughs> oh, okay,
2: good. I thought no, we'd talk about the young Matildas, Rob. The young Matildas, <laughs> the young Matildas are playing three matches this week in uh, in their World Cup qualification. You cross that, Gaddy? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, well, way across the book, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey Gaddy, look, mate, uh, you, you just don't know where to start, do you? It's just been uh, one one story after the other. Look, uh, uh, the Syria game, we uh, we've just been talking to Alex Tobin, we uh, we, we clawed ourselves off the canvas and uh, and and got the job done. I tell you, holding the breath in that final uh, twenty seconds was uh, uh, a feat of strength, but um, the job was done. Okay, so we've moved on. and she, questions here. Was it crazy to bench Aaron Moy? Uh, did it put uh, uncertainty into the into the the team? And and what's going on here? Why would he, um, if it is him, and it, it appears to have been so, uh, leak a story that he's potentially going to pull the pin?
5: Uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of questions there, Rob. Look, I, I, I thought the decision to bench Aaron Moy was was crazy, to be honest. Um, he he was our best player in, in Malaysia, and you know to to leave him on the bench and you know go to sort of different, tweak the formation. Yeah, look, it didn't sit well with me, but you know, in the end, he actually he got on the field, he did, he did well, and, um, and and we got the result. But you know, Ange is, um, Ang is different, we've got to say that. Um, he's got strong beliefs, and he, he felt that uh, the best way to win that game was without Aaron Moy, and um, we got the result in the end. So who can we argue with?
2: So the by-play that happened post-game was um, obviously that uh, Dave David Broke the story that Ange was going to pull the pin and um, and move on uh, regardless uh, uh, if we if we qualify, um, and then obviously there was a whole heap of emotion that sort of exploded around that time um, from fans. In particular, the fans seemed to be citing uh, why should Ange go on now if he is going to pull the pin. Um,
1: not just fans, but plenty of the commentators. Well, plenty as well. of the commentators
2: too. But uh, there are some people within the game say that that is a um, a show of disloyalty. John Cosmina was very strong on it too. So, what's your view, Getty? Yeah.
5: yeah look, I wrote a comment piece saying that uh, if the reports are true, then Ann should um, should step down, or the FFA should sack him. In all, in all honesty, look, this is a tra- this is a train wreck. Uh, the fact that uh, there's revelations now that Ange wanted to leave 12 months ago. Uh, there's also reports that um, he was in line to get a job in Belgium some time ago. There's reports that um, there was a big club in China who, who were keen on him. And, um, you yeah, know, that all points to what Ange has always wanted. He's always wanted to coach overseas. And, you know, you tend to think that did he have his mind totally on on, on the Socceroos, given all given all of that um, information that's come out. Oh, look... You know, I, I just think if this is allowed to drag on too much longer, it's going to damage the Socceroos in, in the long run. Um, and we don't need that. Andrew needs to come out. He needs to come out very, very soon. And he needs to front the media and answer all the hard questions and say whether the, the story is true or not. It, and, and I think if, it's, if the story is true and he's leaving out, uh, after the qualifiers, then he, he should go now.
2: But isn't there speculation around any national team coach and their future at any particular point in time? Why is why is um, this one so much more poignant?
5: Well, we've got two very important World Cup qualifying games going, coming up in, in, in less in less than a month, so we need those soccerers to be focused. And you know, if, we, if we're going to be talking about this for the next three weeks, it's only just going to damage everything and. Um, and what about the, uh, the state of the mind of the players? If, um, you know, Ange is giving him the, the last instructions before the first and second game. He says, you must play for your country. We've got to do this for the flag, for the fans, for everyone. Yet he's going to bail out after, you know, after the mm. two games. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's a good situation. I think Ange can clear all of this up by coming out and, and saying exactly what's going on, whether he's staying or going.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you can. Completely, Gaddy. This is box to box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to the Australians, Ray Gatton. Just to, to you know, quote um, a couple of lines from your article: Postacoglu has always said he didn't mind the critics expressing their opinions. He said he welcomed it, but when it has come, he hasn't liked it. He's been cranky, moody, almost introspective at times. The body language has been telling, and some of his press conferences, where even the most innocuous questions have been have raised his hackles, have been eye openers. And uh, mate, you've, you've, you've right, encapsulated it perfectly there. Um, is the man ahead? of himself. Um, he's, uh, uh, he, he appears to present himself as a great general, um, but um, you know one uh, Asian Cup uh, win does not um, a summer make.
5: No, no, look, um, he did get ahead of himself, and he only have to see through the, the fact that he changed his formation halfway through the, um, the, the last set of qualifiers. So that the team could be well prepared for the World Cup. We hadn't even made the World Cup. So, you know, the first job was to make the World Cup and um, he, he failed to get us there automatically. And now, we're, now we've had to go through these um, uh, playoff series and it's it, it's tough. Um, look, I like Ange. I, I think he's um, a great coach. I think he's a really good coach. But I think somewhere along the line he, he's just, Lost the plot a little bit, and um, whether that's because of the criticism, whether that's because of his fight with FFA two years ago, I, I I don't know. he's the one that has to answer the questions?
2: The um the statement that was released um, post the article by the FFA didn't help at all, did it, Ray?
5: No, it didn't. It, it, it cleared nothing up. It was, it was probably a more probably learned more about it what, what, what they didn't say than what they did yeah. say. Because if if had um, Told uh, the FFA that he was going or not going, then that yeah, well sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that. If, if Coggy told the FFA he wasn't going, then the FFA would have come out straight away and furiously denied the stories. But that didn't happen, so there's mm. been silence in all, in all parties. So it's it's just yeah, it's bewildering what's going on, mate.
1: So one final question for you, Ray. Um, if we don't qualify, then there's all the time in the world to pick the next coach. Uh, let's say. Ange does leave or he is sacked, uh, who's the replacement?
5: In the short term for the two games, I, I would leave Gombau and um, Milicic. Uh, in the long term, uh, yeah, ma- maybe Kevin Musket or, or Graham Arnold.
1: OK. All right, Gaddy. Well, listen, right. thanks, mate. We're always grateful for your time. And, um, mate, you, uh, you don't pull any punches. That's your style? No. Nah. <laughs> Happy to talk, guys. Yeah. Catch up. All right. So, Hopefully we'll talk goodbye. under better circumstances next time. Okay, so Michael, um, that's Ray. He um, well, he he's, I mean,
2: he's 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 written an article that a lot of people agree with. Hmm. There's no question about that.
1: But you don't necessarily
2: agree with it. Well, I just think that there is, um, you know, there's there's a lot goes on uh, around uh, football federations and national teams and coaches and pressures and here, there, and everywhere. Um, I do want to know. Um, why the article came out at the time it did and uh, and who leaked it yeah, was it Ange or was think, it someone else yeah well that that's obviously the the question that needs to be answered uh, I, what what i found were really underwhelming was the ffa's uh, mini statement after the article it wasn't wasn't flash
1: no, that's it you're right okay stick around because uh, dino is next we're going to go through uh, a hell of a lot more on box to box with a league with ffa cup that's all after the break box to box the Chemist Warehouse.
0: Home of real brands and real savings. And storage gear. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all.
1: Yes, this is Box the Box on NTS and News a Talks Board on digital radio, streaming on the wide, Wide Web, and, of course, our podcast on BoxToBoxNTS.com.au. And before we get to our friend Dino... Big shout out to our sponsors, Chemist Warehouse and Storage King. They uh, have been behind us all the way since we got this. 100 thing going.
2: episodes, Rob. Yeah, Isn't that absolutely.
1: Awesome? I know it's fantastic. Uh, Mario Tasconi and uh, Rutine Farakawa down at uh, Chemist Warehouse. You reckon
2: Europe. they would have sent us a birthday cake, couldn't you?
1: Yeah, well uh, they've sent us more than a birthday cake. They've uh, <laughs> underwritten us, so thanks, boys, and uh, our mates Michael Tate, Tony Scallius and the guys down at Storage King. So maybe we'll send them the birthday cake we should, and, shouldn't we? Yeah. and thank them. So uh, no, great, uh, great stuff from our supporters. But uh, now the former Notts County man, 200 150 game veteran of the Victorian Premier League. Technical and director at
2: Pascoe Vale, of
1: course. Box to box's very own Dean Hennessy and Pasca- the Pascoes. Hello, Dean, boys. How we, are we? Yeah, well,
2: look, good. we're good, Dino's mate. Dino's been with us, I reckon, for almost uh, 95 of those shows. Yeah,
1: he was, and he's uh, you know chatting to Alex Tobin earlier on, <laughs> uh, adds his own uh, sort of footballing insights to that conversation. But this is uh, this is where uh, Dino earns his pay. But just, just, I've got a question the, for
2: Dino off the top, just just very quick one. I mean, um, your just your reflection on not what happened during the week, just the week. A League, Socceroos, FFA Cup, um, all the all of the European stuff. It's been massive, hasn't it?
6: Look, it is. It, and that's the thing we always we're fascinated about this every week. When you know you're doing your notes to you know what we're going to prepare and talk about, and you know you set it all up. But then you know you only have to flick your you only have to flick your phone on, and there's a bit of news that's come to light right this second. So we're very fortunate. We have a lot of material. It's most probably. Some of the material you don't this, get to hear is really yeah. important, you
2: know. So. Th- this week's been a big week. Oh, we, been been we,
1: we can never get everything in, can we? Yeah. It's, it's a two-hour program, and there's there's so much stuff that we'd love to talk about. We could make it four hours.
2: Anyway, Dan, uh, FFA Cup first, uh, South Melbourne 1, Sydney FC 5. Uh, a predictable scoreline, but but pretty unpredictable sort of game, isn't it?
6: Yeah, look, it's, um, it's a difficult one for the NPL teams when it gets to the semi-final. Up until the quarters, you're just about okay. Prior to that, you're actually in the driving seat a bit more than the A League club, so there's this little swing that goes on during this whole competition. Uh, but when you get to semi-final time, you've you've not seen anything for five weeks. There's no one there to play with. You know, you're in the sandpit on your own, and all you do is train. Um, mm. So everyone, you know, then tries to attack it. What did you do when you did it? Whether it was Bentley, then it was Hume. And then obviously uh, South Melbourne have gone about their preparation, and it, you just come unstuck when it gets later into
1: the game.
2: And um, but my 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 summation of the game is: Hellas were great value for 70 minutes; they were fantastic value. Yeah,
1: well, when and they got that um, that that um, goal. It looked like uh, it could be on in the second. Well, and,
2: and and when um, Miller, who had a great game, Matty, yeah, Matty Miller, um, had a chance to equalise with chipping the goalkeeper, which. Um, I know a difficult opportunity but he could He's have scored there, that. Yeah. He could have scored that. Look, Matty it Miller. Would have been 2-2. Yeah.
6: I had Matty Miller in the very first year He's pretty well his first breakout season. He had a good and, game. And he? he was he was good when it was a seventeen mm. year old. Mm. And, you know, obviously he's had his little stint in the A-League at Melbourne City. He's come back, reinvented himself again, uh, can play in the back four or in midfield. But, yeah, Matt, he does a good job and, he, and he's a, such a good athlete. Uh, he, he, you know, he, well, we he, saw that
2: on display, he, didn't we? He, and he's
6: very yeah. good at that. And looking at a little bit of bad news just before we just go through the game is um, most of the, obviously, uh, people who were either at the game or watching it on television would notice that Marcus Sharon came off after about 12, 12 or so minutes um he just changed direction and his acl went so that's the acl he did the very first time he did then an acl with me when he was with matt miller and um you know marcus were at Daniel long thunder in 2014 in a tackle against heidelberg and then unfortunately last night he did it again oh sorry on wednesday he did it again so yeah look sad news but look um sydney very very professional um didn't have all the guns out there but they had enough out there and uh you know, Graham Arnold treated this about uh, like the respect it deserves. They want to win this.
1: Like, Bobo, he's no clown.
6: Bobo's Bobo's <laughs> Bobo scores goals, and um, you know he he's proven that. Early Can we naturalize that, him? Well, it wouldn't be bad, would it? But I mean, he's he's scoring goals, but he scored four. I think it was against the the one when they went in and won eight nil. So he's he's the been boys scoring. Boys who turned in up this in this the whole limousine, tournament. darling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, look, he's he look. It was a, a game that, as you say, it for 67 minutes I think it is where it's really tight there's opportunities with Matt having his chance and then unfortunately that third goal kills it and then once you get that you know you have to move on so anyway look so South Melbourne well done great achievement Sydney FC good luck in the final and obviously the the game uh, coming up in a week and a half most probably by now is the Western Sydney Wanderers against Adelaide which will be at Campbelltown Stadium so we'll look forward to that on Tuesday 24th of October so
1: so big round of round the two A-League. ahead, um, hopefully, um, the well we'll get to the derby in a minute, but um, uh, starts off tonight, Brisbane versus Adelaide.
6: Yeah, Brisbane a bit disappointed with their uh, result, I guess, uh, two, two goals that most probably from a defensive point of view they might have wanted to do a little mm. bit better. Uh, coming up against an Adelaide side that, you know, gained a point away from home. Um, <clears throat> I watched that game, uh, the Wellington one. I, I didn't watch the Melbourne City, unfortunately, against Brisbane.
2: I watched that game. I wish I didn't. But I <laughs> <laughs>
6: um, But um, I think if you look at Brisbane, they lacked a little bit of killer at the top end. Um, and I know they had a few players out. And, and I did listen to the John O'Allesee, press conference after and he did talk about the number of players he's still got to come back in and and, and without doubt if he brings those players back in they will strengthen so i look I think no doom and gloom it's only round one it's a home game I think they're going to be looking to really bounce back um Adelaide I thought at times they played some really good stuff um and I thought also Wellington did so I, I'm most probably going to go for a draw on this one
2: I, I want to Brisbane to to get out of the box uh, tonight, I think it's important for the club, Uh, it's important for the fan base in Queensland which is big, they'll all be uh, listening to us now as they're travelling down to the stadium for the game, so uh, I think Brisbane at home, uh, I think they need to display uh, a bit of of grunt and fight tonight and and I think they will and they'll get across the line.
1: Yeah, I think a draw in that one, I don't think either side were convincing last week. One yeah, long. I'm with you, Rob geez, the Edge,
2: fans well kicking kick them themselves on the trade now they are. So <laughs> it's like, fair income, you guys. You might give them any Now,
1: Hayden Fox is coming up soon, uh, but uh, the Wanderers, they uh, they got off to a good start at home against uh, a feisty glory.
6: Yeah, Hayden will say this coaching life's really easy, isn't it? You know, you just yeah. show up and get your three points. But, yeah, well,
1: uh, it, was looking, it was looking, you know pretty easy for a little while there, but then uh, and then yeah, obviously, uh, you know, Perth pulled one back with uh, Brendan Hamill's uh, oh, the own goal yeah. in the second minute, and they really went hard in those last few minutes. It was a few uh, nervous moments.
6: Oh, look, I think, especially for what's happened with the Tony Popovich situation and <clears throat> the, the lateness of the decision, and then obviously um, <clears throat> Hayden going in, You know, there was a lot of pressure on Western Sydney Wonders, but Mm -hmm. thankfully the players switched on. They were in control. Yeah, the own goal brings them back into it. Um, But Perth most probably be disappointed, really. Um, You know, and we have that worry about, you know, I think we mentioned on last week's show. Away form. Away form, you know. It's travelling, and they they seem to struggle with it. Well, they got
2: off off to a bad start, didn't they? And uh, Western Sydney really dominated them in the first 30 minutes. And um, as you said, the the scoreline flattered. Um, Perth a little bit, I thought.
6: Against uh, Central Coast Mariners that's, well, it well, was a horror I mean, show in the end. Well, they were talking
2: up the preseason, Central Coast, weren't they? They were saying what a great pre-season they'd had. Paul Ikon Paul with the team for the, for the entirety. They'd made some great signings and didn't that balloon pop?
6: Yeah, it did. I mean, 5-1 is, is a beating in anybody's language. Um, so, look, I, I can only see Western Sydney Wanderers unless there's an unbelievable turnaround, uh, they'll, they'll win comfortably.
1: And that derby. Looking forward to that one yeah, uh, what a huge tomorrow jam. night at Eddie Had Stadium. The, the, I was disappointed with that crowd um, that turned out to watch uh, the uh, the first round uh, match. Uh, I was know. there. I, uh, uh, did, what was going on with know. the active support? I tried uh, to look uh, into that, but they just didn't turn up. No,
6: I, look, I I ended up very close to where the Sydney fans mm. were. Um, in fact, that they close, made I was, no,
1: more noise. Well, they did,
6: and, and, and all week from from where we were sitting, mm. it was noisy.
1: Mm. But
6: the, the supporters to the left of where the Sydney fans mm. were. Didn't not a squeak. There was a lot of gesturing mm-hmm. and waving and certain signs and all of that, but no volume. Yeah, but, but that none. was
1: well. The active support wasn't there. I there's mean, something going on. there was a blow up last year, but but, but generally we see something in the news. I to think there's more
6: to games. this. I think the blow up you're talking about, and uh, with regards to, I think it's the Northern Terrace. I think that's where the issue is, and and I don't think it's been resolved. And I think the Other fans at the other end, Mm, uh, end. at the south end, they obviously are going out in sympathy because the the atmosphere, there was 24,000, but you could have thought there was about five or six Mm. with the atmosphere. So, disappointing there. I thought the game itself... And on the
1: flip side... Melbourne City had a good crowd, nearly ten thousand there, and a good result too. So uh, hats off. I know uh, I've been
2: uh, pretty have. harsh. In, uh, yeah, I have, I keep but, getting but, text messages from uh, people at Melbourne City saying, saying your, your mate Rob Gilbert. I mean, credit, you? credit where it's due.
6: Well, you're quite, you're quite right. I mean, just just to let just to recap on that, Western Sydney Wonders did get twelve thousand last week, um, and as you say, the, there was a good crowd, a healthy crowd, uh, with Melbourne City just just under ten. Um, Melbourne victory that was twenty four. And then the Central Coast was 12,000. Um, the Wellington one, that was, what was that? Not many. That was about eight, eight and yeah. a half. Yeah. So, anyway, so th- that's Well, hopefully that's
1: we'll all. get the big crowd tomorrow night. For the so Derby is to well, I'm going Upset City to, to win this okay, one. Okay,
6: I'm not. I'm, um, I, I think Brisbane just had a poor night, and that was part of the reflection. I mean, Kamal getting a couple of goals, well done to him. But I think Victory will bounce back. The three boys included back in. Uh, the three young kids going out of the squad. And uh, I think Victory will be smart enough to last week's results. And they'll come fast and furious. And I think it'll be a cracker.
2: I think it's going to be a great game. It'll be a draw. Just a very, I know we've got to move on, but very quickly. Milligan 120 minutes. Cahill 120 minutes. Can they back up?
6: Ah, oh, they can. They can. I mean, how effective they'll be, but they're, just their presence, I think, is really mm. important. Maybe Timmy come off the bench, because uh, he is a little bit older. I mean, he most probably shoot me down for that. He's most probably the fittest 37-year-old running around. Mm. Uh, but Milligan, yeah, Mills, he'll bounce back.
1: So All right. and uh, two more games. Uh, on Sunday, the Jets. Um, we're talking, we're the talking about the leaders now. The yeah,
2: league leaders. Yeah, Newcastle Jets, Laurie McKinnis sitting back with a cigar thinking, how easy is oh, this, top of the table. Ernie
6: yeah, promised that it would be entertaining uh, football uh, as yeah, well. And, yeah. and, and he delivered. can yeah, you, good, can't, you know,
2: see Ernie
6: doing well. Uh, Roy O'Donovan, a nice little cheeky hat trick. Three uh, goals in yeah. the first
2: 38 minutes of and
6: the game. I was looking at the celebration. You generally don't do too much, but you do quite a little bit he yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, certainly didn't go silent uh, which is most probably the way Roy great
2: atmosphere at that game by the way it was uh, was Great to open the season for both those clubs mm-hmm. to yeah, play each other,
6: and, and and unfortunately for Perth, we go travelling again. So they do, again, back on the bus. I don't know if they've stayed down for their week. I don't know what their plans were, but you assume they may have. But, but you wouldn't
2: not. want
1: four legs across the continent um, in, in so it's a, a fortnight.
6: Yeah. yeah so. so I think Newcastle Jets should win
1: that all game. Right, I think we all agree on that one. And and Sydney v Wellington, uh, they just win that game, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Look, it's
6: four v six, and it all sounds a bit tight and exciting, but no, I think Sydney FC, well-oiled machine. Um, know, two wins in Melbourne this week and uh, I think a third
2: week third Get out to the A-League this week, mm. fans
1: Yeah, absolutely Got to get out there We're, Look, um, it, it, all the uh, the Socceroos players are back in one form or another whether they're off the bench or otherwise So get out there And and the fans the active fans for, for victory Come on this, the, Look it's a shout out to you guys. There must be obviously some issues turn that, up this that are week. resolved, but get out there. The, the, the game does need you. We we uh, we definitely acknowledge that, that. You know the atmosphere um, at these games is just not what it could be, and um, and the victory uh, uh, club uh, is not the same without you. So go to, come on, get on out there. Dino, thank you, mate. Um, Stick around. After the break, we've got the Western Sydney Wanderers coach, Hayden Fox, coming up in the next hour. Dino, you're going to come back with all the other World Cup news and the EPL and the rest of it coming up this weekend, and we'll wrap it up with a special look back on 100 editions of the show on Stoppage Time. That's all coming up next on Box to Box.
0: Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And
1: storage key.
0: They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic.
1: Welcome back to Box to Box on NTS News, talk sport on digital radio, streaming on the World Wide Web, and of course our podcast on BoxToBoxNTS.com.au where you can hear all 100 episodes of this show. Second edition news shortly. Then we'll chat to Western Sydney Wanderers, Coach Hayden Fox, Dino with his preview of the International (laughs) Week in Football, and a look at all of the World Cup games that went on this week and we'll wrap it up with a 100th anniversary edition of Stoppage Time. Edge, we're going to have... A friend of yours uh, from the Sports Writers Festival on at the uh, the end of this uh, this new segment, Andrew Mangan. That's going to be interesting.
2: Yeah, Andrew's coming out. Uh, obviously, uh, for Arsenal fans in Australia, they would know who he is. He's um, got an extremely uh, successful global blog. It's called Ask Blog, and he has now a, a podcast uh, since uh, 2007. Um, he's a bit of a Doyen in that area Mm. He's he's absolutely Podcast royalty So Mark will enjoy The interview I'm sure Mm. Um, As will all the Arsenal fans Because he's got a Very forthright opinion And he's connected At Arsenal uh, To the wazoo As they say
1: Mark, why don't you tick off a few stories before? Yeah, before we uh, we get get to Andrew. Now, uh, I know
3: um, Dino's going to be covering off a lot of the World Cup qualifying in his segment a little later in the hour. But Bruce Arena's U.S. side have inexplicably butchered their third-place playoff on the final day of Concacaf qualifying with a 2-1 loss to Minos Trinidad and Tobago. This is, of course, relevant because as we touched off at the top of the first hour, Mm. it's. uh, thrown a big curveball into the Socceroos World Cup qualifying. Big oh, curveball into the US qualifying too, because it's over. <laughs> um, at the same time, results conspired against them with Mexico and Costa Rica already qualified, taking their foot off the gas against the desperate Panama and Honduras. Now, the first leg will be away at the Estadio Olimpico Metropolitano in San Pedro on November 6th. The return leg in Sydney on November fourteen. These dates are still to be confirmed. Now, American commentator, if those familiar, Alexi Lellis, former player, was very animated last month when it, well looking down the barrel of not making it. He was a little bit more measured, but still didn't miss with what he had to say on Fox Soccer
0: yesterday. So waking up this morning and realizing that the United States men's national team will not be involved in a World Cup next summer, it is devastating. It is disastrous. Does it mean that soccer goes away? No. But every four years, from a men's perspective, we have this platform. And for next summer... We will have wasted that platform. And it hurts the game. It hurts the players. It hurts the perception of the players and the game, both domestically and internationally. And it didn't have to happen. And that's what's so frustrating. It's one thing if... If if we're just not any good, it's one thing if the soccer gods do something. We have nobody uh, to blame but ourselves. We can't blame the other teams. We can't blame referees. We can't blame the weather. We have nobody uh, to blame but ourselves
1: for this uh, incredible failure. With a different accent, that could have sounded like... (laughs) Yeah, exactly, if uh, things that have not worked out on Tuesday night.
2: There is a lot of similarities between uh, the United States... uh, program and ours in terms of the importance of World Cup qualifications. So yes, you just put an Australian accent on that and uh, yeah, I think we might, uh, there's a 50-50 chance we could be here in something like that in, a, in three and a half weeks' time.
3: Yeah, Just one more, boys, before we get to Andrew, I reckon. Now, former soccer's boss, Holger Ozik, in an interview talking about the so-called challenges in Asia, referred to his time in Canada as boss, so obviously playing in CONCACAF, travelling to places like Honduras, Costa Rica and Mexico for World Cup qualifiers. Now this is back six years ago, but he said at times it's hell you can not imagine what happens there Uh, i would like to see some european teams play under these conditions again sort of echoing janice's comments he spoke about in the first hour they set you up in the jungle and then 2000 meters high air conditioning it doesn't work in the hotel you cannot close the windows and you have mosquitoes everywhere that's what we've got to look forward to boys
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, we know it's
2: uh, going to be tough, but it's it's not uh, well, the end of the year. Well, I'm, I've got
1: a, a the US travel advisory. Um, I'm going to read a little bit about that in stoppage time. That'll uh, please don't uh, curdle your blood. And now it's our great privilege to welcome the uh, infamous or famous.
2: Oh, he's definitely famous, Rob. He's <laughs> a very special guest on Box I to Box know. this
1: week. Yeah, it's our hundredth episode. Andrew Mangan, Mike's been Michael's been talking about you for a while now. Ars blogger, the famous
2: Arsenal blogger. Welcome to Box to Box.
7: Thank you very much indeed. I feel like my reputation is preceding me here
2: a bit. <laughs> oh, no, you're very famous over here, Andrew. We're Obviously, Andrew's coming out to be part of the Riders Festival, of which I'm involved, which people know, uh, which you can uh, find out all the information at sportswritersfestival.com.au. But, Andrew, are you looking forward to coming to Australia?
7: I am absolutely looking forward to being there. I'm not that looking forward to getting there, I guess, mm-hmm. is, the, is the issue. But... Uh, these are the issues of travel, isn't there? Everyone, everyone likes being places. No one likes getting there. Hang on, so, Ma- uh, Michael. Yeah, no,
1: really Michael said he was putting you up in first class on Qantas, mate.
7: All right. Well, look, that's fine by me. <laughs> I haven't told you I <laughs> that <journey>. okay.
2: <laughs> hey, Andrew. But obviously. Um, Everybody who's a football fan, um, and especially those ones that are Arsenal fans, are looking forward to you coming to Australia. The Arsenal um, supporter groups here are in uh, a fervent anticipation of your arrival, but for all of the other listeners right around Australia that listen to our show... Um, you have made a career out of your passion, which is uh, initially writing about your football club Arsenal at Arsblog, and then AskCast, which is one of the most successful podcasts. We're talking a podcast royalty here, Rob, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, just for all of the, all of the football fans around Australia, how did you get started, Andrew, and, and why and why did you and why did you get started?
7: It's, it's kind of a long story, but basically I was trying to learn web design. So I set up a website which would require me to uh, update it regularly so I could learn new things. But I learned very quickly that I wasn't very good at designing, but I really enjoyed the writing part of it. And it's really one of those things that kind of grew organically. It sounds like one of those terrible marketing words, but it's really true. I had no idea when I sat down to do it that it's over 15 years now. If you'd said to me, you're, you're going to be doing it in 15 years' time, I would have thought you were crazy, and uh, doing it in, in a way that is a huge part of my life that has opened up doors, like going to Australia to talk about it, I would have thought you were absolutely insane, but here we are, and um, I guess it's just down to sort of regularity and commitment and and the fact that so, uh, some people seem to like it, which is a fortunate side effect.
1: Hey, Andrew, uh, look. Nothing uh, Arsenal-wise or EPL escapes our notice in, in Australia and, and the biggest story in recent years has obviously been the, um, the will he, won't he, should he stay uh, uh, discussion around Arsene Wenger. Um, mate, your opinions are you know, pretty well documented on your, uh, your various media but, uh, but talking to you, w- where is he at right now in terms of, of the future of Arsenal?
7: I think he's clearly coming towards the end of his career at Arsenal. He can't go on forever. He's 67 years of age. So even Arsene Wenger has a finite amount of time on this earth. And, uh, I think, you know, we're probably heading into the final two years. I did think that the last time though. I thought the last contract was going to be his last, uh, three years of the club. And, and here we are into another two, but I do feel like we're into the, into the last part of his, uh, rain, I guess you would say. And what I'd like to see, I suppose, over the course of these two years is both for him and the club to future-proof, to get ready for the for the change that is inevitable, because it's going to be a seismic change for Arsenal, because he is a man who, who does so much at the club in terms of scouting, in terms of training, in terms of contracts, in terms of transfers. Jobs that are done at other clubs by a committee or a board or by a series of executives are done by Arsene Wenger. So Not only do you need a new football manager, you need a new football executive structure. So I do hope that over the course of this contract, those things are put in place to help the transition to whoever the new man is. Uh, Will make it as seamless as possible.
2: And how do you, uh, Andrew? How do you? uh, What's your assessment of the way Arsenal started the season? And what are your personal expectations for the team this year?
7: Well, the, clearly what, what happened in August was not great. Uh, when we talk about the football structure of the club, the executive structure of the club, I think there was evidence that Arsenal really need to move into the future. A, a director of football perhaps could have managed the summer better issues over Oxlade-Chamberlain and yeah. uh, Alexis Sanchez. They were very distracting. Um, there, was a, there was a touch of bad fortune to lose at Stoke away from home. Arsenal dominated that game, but there was no excuse for the team to perform the way that they did at Anfield against Liverpool. And that, that was hugely damaging. It, it really is a, a big setback to play like that and lose like that very early in the season. Even if now Arsenal are ahead of Liverpool, which is probably not something people would have expected, it's had a big impact on the way people view the team and and how they might be um, ready to, to fight for the Premier League title or or do otherwise this season. So... It's been relatively encouraging since Anfield. There's been a, a good reaction, but uh, apart from the Chelsea game, you'd have to say Arsenal haven't really been tested. So I think there's a, a friendly-ish run of fixtures over the next three weeks, but the final one before the next international break is Manchester City away, and I think that is the fixture that will tell us a lot about this Arsenal side and, and how well set up they are to to do something this season or not.
1: Hey Andrew, uh, Michael's going to tell our listeners how to get involved with the Sports Writers Festival. But what can uh, what can people who attend expect uh, when you when you come out to Australia, mate? Is there going to be a bit of controversy? Uh, are you going to go hard at any particular items? What, what can they look forward to?
7: Um, I don't know about controversy, but <laughs> we're going to obviously talk about. <laughs> well, it depends what I'm asked. You know, I'm happy to go down that road if that's the way it has to go, but. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the website and and you know how it, how it has become as big as it has become, and the podcast and social media, and perhaps the way that I run the site is could be, I suppose, an example for some people who want to go down the road of niche publishing because it is it's a big niche, clearly Arsenal, but it's a it's still a niche. Uh, but I think it's uh, it's the I hope I can talk to people about how it's possible to build something. Um, you know, with hard work, with a bit of dedication, with hopefully a bit of talent as well, and maybe somebody else can pick up some in- inspiration. And I'm, I'm happy to answer whatever anybody wants to ask me as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and meeting everyone down there.
2: Well, we're looking forward to having you in Australia. And obviously, everybody who's interested in sports writing can come along and see Andrew in Melbourne and in Sydney, uh, in Melbourne on October the 28th and in Sydney on November the 4th. Um, the details at sportswritersfestival.com.au. It's it's going to be fun. Uh, Rob Gilbert's going to open up his mansion in Turak just to uh, to show you around. We're looking forward to showing you Melbourne and Sydney, Andrew. We can't wait to have you in Australia. Thanks for joining us on Box the Box this morning.
1: My pleasure. And then I'm going to send my son over to Dublin next year. He's going on the 100th <laughs> anniversary trip of his, with his schoolmates, so he'll need a guided tour when he arrives, Andrew.
7: Oh, no problem. I can show him where, where he might be able to get a beer. There ah, are come by over here. Hang
1: on, e 16. <laughs> Good on you, Andrew. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, mate. We're looking forward to meeting you in person in a couple of weeks' time. And if we get the opportunity, we'd love you to have you in the studio and, and chat a little bit further.
7: Yeah, that'd be great. Love to do that. I love radio studios, so uh, I'm, I'm happy to nerd out in a radio studio anytime.
1: Fantastic, mate. Now, stick around because next up, who would have thought. Western Sydney Wanderers coach Hayden Fox oh no, yes, who would have thought that Yeah, it is true he's our next guest after the break
0: box to box can you believe it the chemist
1: warehouse
0: home of real brands and real savings and storage gear they're just around the corner and this could be the most crucial goal of
1: this is Box to Box on NTS News, talk sport on digital radio, streaming on the World Wide Web, and of course our podcast on boxtoboxnts.com.au. Now, a little over two weeks ago, the Western Sydney Wanderers had signed new players. Uh, They were preparing for the season ahead under coach... Tony Popovich. But then all hell broke loose. Tony announced he was heading off to Turkey and before we knew it, the one-time wonder boy, great soccerroo he was and uh, uh, stalwart of Australian football, Hayden Fox, who was assistant coach at the time, has stepped up and now we're introducing Hayden to the show as the coach of the Western Sydney Wanderers. Mate, uh, it's been a whirlwind. Hayden, welcome to the show.
8: Yeah, thanks a lot
1: mate, good morning Yeah, I guess you've been asked that question a few times But uh, but uh, two weeks ago Did you have any inkling that any of this was uh, was in the offing?
8: No, and, and you know, in this industry That we're all involved in Things happen very quickly um, And uh, yeah, especially in, in, in football uh, 24 hours is a long time So, you know, sometimes a uh, club makes a decision And then within... Yeah, less than a day, another decision made. Uh, it was all, it all come
2: to a shock for all. Of us. Hayden, you say 24 hours is a long time in football, um, and you've been involved in the game for such a long time, played at the highest level in Europe, and the Socceroos. How about the last, uh, the last uh, 72 hours, and in particular the, the throes of a World Cup campaign? You must sit back and, and it must surprise even you after all of this time with our World Cup game. Well just the just the uh, the, the dramas in South America about who we're gonna play and then obviously uh, the, the 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 drama associated with a World Cup game and then obviously the story about Ange Postecoglou. it just the game never ceases to amaze at what it throws up.
8: No, no it's always there's always something. Someone always wants to write about something. I, I put it pretty simply uh Socceroos. We're through what was the, the main aim for us against Syria? Get through to the next stage of the World Cup qualifying. We did that. If it be in normal time, extra time, penalties. The aim is to get through. We got through. Now we're in a two-legged playoff against Honduras. Excellent chance to go to the World Cup again. Uh, so, I I know a lot of people are complaining and whinging and whining and soccer are doing this, but we're still, (laughs) we're, we're two games away from the World Cup.
1: And the Wanderers, mate, um, you uh, you got off to a good start. Uh, it looked like you were just cruising there for a little while, and uh, until that that late uh, own goal. But um, but mate, you couldn't have hoped for a better start to your uh, your A coaching campaign.
8: I thought the boys were excellent. I thought it was a really good response because you know a lot of people from, from outside were looking and, and probably really expecting us maybe to fold up, fold fold down, and, and roll over. But you know this group of boys, they've got a real resilience about them. They know what, uh, they know what they, they need to do. They, uh, executed, uh, the, the plan very well. on um, another day, to be honest, we, we, I think we could have maybe put a couple more pass, past Perth. but to their credit, they're, uh, they're a strong and resilient team as well and they gave us a little bit of a, um, a scare towards the end, but I thought we held out strong. I thought there was two different halves. There was a, a half of football that we absolutely dominated and played such with such fluency and, and real energy. And then there was a real resilience at the end. you was a real resilient defending at the end where we had to block shots and, and clear our lines and mm-hmm. head balls. And I thought it was, it, was a, it was a really great team performance after the week they had just been through.
6: Hey, then it's Dean Hennessy here. Uh, just a quick question. Um, you know, obviously, like when, obviously, Popper left and you've come in, obviously pre-season was really like... The, the whole process of your pre-season and obviously yeah. getting to an FFA Cup final in preparation for that as well. Yeah. Have you have you actually changed anything or have you just kept it the way Popper had set it up originally and then you'll just tweak yeah. along the way?
8: Yeah, I've kept the ticket over because we had a really successful pre-season. We had a really good... We, we, we built a real good foundation. Um, the players know their roles. Uh, they'll fit. Um and they understand how we want to play our football. We've been involved in the last three or four years. Each year, we've changed something, tweaked something, and it was no different. I've been a big process of that uh, in the coaching staff, and uh, there's no reason to change anything on the eve of of the the start of the the A-League. I've
6: looked at the squad this year, and I mean, what was always intriguing with uh, with Popper was they, they used to turn them over each and every year, like most clubs do. I mean, there's some... Maybe like Sydney FC have stuck fat with what they've already got.
8: Yeah, uh, we got we got we recruited really well this year, I will say. Um, but also, you yeah, know, the, the work they've put in um, and the characters off the pitch contribute contribute that uh, to that process you know, in a in a very big way. So we're, we did our due diligence on all the all the players that came in this year that they fit into what we want to do and the style and the culture of the football club. And, uh, and and so far during the period of pre-season and, and the round, round one, uh, it's um, it's come to, well coming to, together nicely.
2: One of those players that I'm really interested to uh, see how, <coughs> excuse me, how he goes this year is Michael Thwait. Uh, I have a huge yeah. opinion of him. Can you just uh, explain to our listeners how his pre-season's been and, yeah. and what you expect of him? Yeah.
8: Yeah. Very. He's a good leader, Michael. Very experienced player. Played in Europe. Um, you know, played for the national team, the Socceroos. Um, and he's great to have around Michael. He, he knows how to defend. Uh, he knows how to play. He's actually a ball-playing centre-half. Um, he helps the young ones. He's fantastic around the training ground, given uh, a lot of his experience. So I, I tell a lot of the young ones to absorb the information that these older players, the ones from, from Europe and that have had a lot of experience with the national team, Take in all the information, absorb as much as you can because uh, it's very difficult to get that type of information from
1: players. And briefly, uh, tomorrow afternoon, Hayden, uh, against one of your old sparring partners uh, with the Socceroos, Paul Oak, on uh, your hosting, uh, his outfit, they had a um, a, a big pre-season but um, you know, the the balloon was pricked um, against Newcastle last week. Uh, you'll be wary of the, uh, the defeated uh, opposition uh, driving down the F3 to... Uh, uh, to uh, to Homebush. Definitely.
8: Yeah, that's, that's the beauty of the A League. There's no, there's no um, easy game. Week to week is always a battle. Um, that's why there's a salary coming in place. Um, and they'll, they'll want, uh, they'll, have a, they'll have a real spark about them tomorrow. I went and watched that game 5-1. It was a 5-1 game. Let me tell you, it was the, the scoreline um, was no real indication of, of how the game was being played. You know, Newcastle kind of like five, six chances and scored four, five goals. Mm. Um, so on another day, it could have been a total different result. Um, expecting a real reaction from them. It's going to be a tough game. they done a good job there, uh, Paolo, with Central Coast, from where they were, you know, a couple of years ago to where they are now. And there's good stability, there's good players, and they're, and they're playing a good brand of football.
6: One last question for you, uh, Hayden. Obviously, you've got a decent uh, junior program there as well. Is there, is there some boys, like you know, in the youth setup, that are knocking on the door in, in in regards to like maybe potentially making their debut, and uh, and, and someone for all the listeners to maybe uh, keep an eye out for? Oh,
8: look, well, th- you know, this, this academy program is only now this is this is going into the second year of the academy program, so you know, to bring players through it take it takes time. Of course. And, uh, and uh but you know we've been fortunate that the, the young ones you know we brought through five six young ones last year all under the age of 20 years of age and made their debut in the first team for the asian champions league uh or in in the league um so we're continually bringing players through we we believe in in how our academy set up we've got fantastic technical director ian crook who's had many years experience over in the uk and and here uh, alike so um, but to see the the full full crop of players coming through year on year, you'll see that in I mean, I'd say another two or three years once the academy's been established.
1: Hey Hayden, uh, Fox Western Sydney Wanderers coach. Thank you so much for joining us on Box to Box, mate. Um, we uh, we all uh, have followed the the, uh, the rise and rise of the Western Sydney Wanderers uh, since they joined the competition. They've been uh, a real uh, highlight of this this comp, and uh, and the one little jewel in the crown uh, that they have yet to to get a hold of is uh, is that grand final victory. So uh, we wish you luck for the rest of the season, mate.
8: Thank
1: you very much, thanks for having us, fellas. Cheers. No, not at all. So, boys, um, Hayden has, uh, uh, you know, strong opinions. He's a he's a bloke. to here, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he, he doesn't just uh, go line and length on his responses. He's uh,
2: he's obviously uh, well. A that's that's to, what you want. You want uh, forthright opinions and uh, people. He'll stand up very well for his club, no doubt about that. And they've got a good one there. I just wonder, after you know, whatever the decision makers. Decide whether that's uh, he'll make it that's
1: the big question isn't it alright stick hmm. around because Dino we're going to have more on World Cup action all over the world conquer CAF that's after the break Box to Box can you believe it the chemist warehouse
0: home of real brands and real savings and storage games they're just around the corner and this could be the most
1: crucial welcome back to Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport on digital radio streaming on the worldwide web and of course our podcast 400 episodes on box2boxnts.com.au and we wouldn't be here without our great mates at chemistry our house who got us going uh, back in 2015 and if you feel that peeling off a plaster is causing you too much stress and pain it's time to switch to an extreme friendly skin-friendly alternative like Elastoplast Silicon Soft Plasters, because Elastoplast Silicon Soft Plasters offer the perfect balance between reliable adhesion and 100% pain-free removal, and we all like that when you've uh, been strapped up by the trainer and you've got hair all over your leg. So football clubs get on to this Elastoplast Silicon <laughs> Soft Plaster. They are ideal for fragile, irritating or sensitive skin because they stick securely even after repositioning. They're designed to minimise trauma and pain during plaster removal while ensuring a reliable adhesion during wear. Great for football players, that's for sure. Right now at Chemist Warehouse, you can get two packs of Elastoplast Silicon Soft Plasters for just $12. Always read the label. Always use only as directed, of course. Chemist Warehouse, lowest prices are guaranteed... Do you know,
2: mate, like, that you sounds like memories. special
1: stuff, doesn't it? It does. I'm, <laughs> I'm just
6: thinking back as a kid. And yeah, make, go, no, t- just
1: pull it off quickly. Yeah. Just pull it off <laughs> quick. Oh, the pain of it. Yes, That's it, uh, The wonders of technology. Yes. Thanks, our mates at Chemist Warehouse. Yeah, well done, Chemist
6: Warehouse. Always thinking outside the squares, aren't we? Well, they?
2: we've got an international wrap now. Let's start with Just Can we please just relive Wednesday morning for all those people at work and who were not working because they were looking at their mobile phone apps working out? Uh, where Australia was going it was an incredible uh, well it morning. was
6: it, it, uh, it was around that lunchtime, wasn't it, it around was, that yeah. time and uh, I, I remember flicking on my phone and it was all oh, yeah that was looking USA and the it's USA, this and USA, that USA, yeah. and then bang it yeah. just went and then you're just going well, what's happened there was all sorts going on and but, there know, was
2: a, but there was three things that happened that morning which we've got to just quickly reflect on one was that Panama scored a goal that wasn't a goal Yeah. so Panama got an equaliser early in the first half which it didn't cross the line and the Referee has made a, bl- a unbelievable blunder. And then um, Honduras scored a goal that bounced off the Costa Rica goalkeeper's head. So
1: this, this, so this hits the crossbar, and then bounces r- back. B- out ricochets of off car.
2: his head, of his head yeah. which is just for them to get back into their game. And then the greatest thing of Your all... Your favourite pa- bit. This my favourite thing. bit was that Panama, with about 90 seconds to go, Costa Rica's got Panama pinned... They're trying to, uh, you know, they're doing everything to get back in. So this, the score um, at this
1: stage is Panama two one.
2: That's right, yeah, and they're they're hanging on. They're going uh, to their first ever World Cup. They are, and the, the ball goes out, and the Costa Rica player makes a, a dart for the ball to get it, so he can get it get it back in play quickly, and a ball boy comes from absolutely nowhere and beats the Costa Rica player to the ball <laughs> and kicks the ball. <laughs> 30 rows into the grandstand <laughs> of which the ball is apparently confiscated he,
6: apparently he's <laughs> travelling to the World Cup as well he is. Yeah, <laughs> check, it, check it
2: out on YouTube it's hilarious there's plenty of clips of this so uh, all this that happened in, in the space of a couple of hours and uh, all had an impact on where Australia's going to play
6: well it does I mean uh, I think we'll stay with CONCACAF obviously that's where we are just Mexico obviously they've cruised through uh, with Costa Rica also qualifying uh, along also with Panama and then as we say uh, the Honduras event is very very much dear to our hearts because obviously we're uh, teaming up against them in the playoffs.
1: In, uh,
2: it looks a wicked stadium too, just quietly. Yeah, the Honduras stuff looks out like it's uh, going to be a, a, an amazing atmosphere. One, yeah, one, of one, the, one to of, remember one
1: of the highest um, murder rates in the world um, the us travel alert that uh, has been put out uh, well i, Thanks, I don't Rob. know that you're going in and um, you know Thanks, uh, they're probably looking at the place more think. so than anybody else but uh, but it, it's just insane the sorts of uh, information that that's coming out about that um, about that country because uh,
2: it, criminals
1: yeah. roaming the streets extortion uh, lack of police presence lack of military presence uh, it's just just check it out if you if, if you, you you'd think that um, it was a it was a Hollywood script being written but it's but it's real well
6: it is and that's what we've got to put up with so we move on because obviously Australia, the Asia thing is obviously based where we are so that's the Asia and the CONCAF that's sorted it's basically this playoff with all mm. those boys you know those teams speaking going through, of to the obviously World Cup.
2: just what about um, and just I know this is the international rap what about the Syrian fans one trolling uh, just the Syrian fans assaulted the uh, FFA's soccer's Facebook page before the game but what about their reaction to the after the game the Syrian fans have um, about in their in their tens of thousands have posted a a same message on the FIFA's uh, Facebook page which is basically the grass was too long in Sydney our players therefore were slipping over so Australia had an unfair advantage and the referee was changed for extra time so they want the game replayed.
6: (laughs) <laughs> don't think so. Sorry,
1: Bruce. <coughs> no, yeah, good, no, good try, Eagles, Yeah, it was a good effort so far, but um, you have to do more than that to get to the World Cup. No, they, just they, br- la- they get excited. They don't do, they,
6: they do. Look, they supported that team they well. Fantastic they were good. The they, fans, were they were very good, and you know. And it's unfortunate and, they didn't get the I remember opportunity talking to talking last to World Cup. week. About us no, uh,
1: getting uh, <laughs> getting getting some support there. So hats off to the uh, whoever organised the drummers there to make some noise there um, for the uh, the roos because um, there was uh, you know.
6: it was a good atmosphere. No, very much. Yeah
1: of the
2: Syrians,
6: yeah. Well, obviously we've got um, also the South American
2: yeah.
1: section.
6: I mean, and that
2: was uh, that twist and turns. into Well, the Brazil. Season. How was that? How Brazil was had yeah.
6: the uh, queue in the rat very early, so mm. they they qualified after that nine-game winning run. Who
2: so. would have thought Chile would miss out? Unbelievable.
6: Unbelievable. Well, Uruguay have uh, have gone through as well, which obviously, and then Argentina with the Mister well, Messi. Well, they went
2: down early, Mr. Um, Messi. And, and then Messi was
1: just amazing. I mean, the, the, the each of the track. goals just kept on getting
6: unbelievable better. goals as well. Mm. Good build-up, good finishing.
2: Now they went under enormous pressure. Argentina, they were massive pressure because they botched a match against Peru they just did. a few days earlier sure, at home yeah. at that magnificent stadium where Boca played. And, and they
1: hadn't won against against Ecuador and Quito at the high altitude. That's for right. Something like fifteen years. Yeah, so that it was, like, there was a, a huge lot of
6: pressure on, But he really stood up, Messi, um, and uh, you know, and obviously we, we love Argentina to be in World Cups, and then Colombia as well. They've they've. Uh, They've well, they've
2: sort of turned into a, a very reliable have. team they to have. qualify, been, haven't they? They've yeah.
6: had some real characters along the journey as well, at different yeah, World yeah, as well, with were their say, and goalkeepers. USA
1: 1984, there's a bit of pressure... Um,
6: so their, their situation is also, qualify, we've got Peru it. here easy, easy now color. also, we've got the playoff routes as yeah.
2: well. So, so Peru and New Zealand. So
6: they're going through the what we used to go through, the yeah. Oceania route. And routes. will the
2: All-Whites give themselves a chance against Peru? I mean, that'll be an interesting place for uh, them to go.
1: It will be, but I think Peru...
2: Better will, than Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've
1: got a great, um, I think, isn't it, it's a it's a, a unique uh, World Cup record from South Africa where they were the only undefeated team not to go through the second round, was that correct?
2: Back in South Africa? I think so, yeah, yeah. Hmm got a good story about Peru. Can I tell it? Have you got yeah, time?
1: If
6: you got time, yeah. Martin
2: Denier, big shout-out to Martin Daniel, who was one of our guides at the Brazil World Cup, who went to Peru after the World Cup, and he decided to go and see a bit of football, and he went, went to the, one of the local games there, and as he was walking up, there was, um, you know, there was, like, a, the usual thing outside the games. There's a, a barbecue and that sort of stuff. He just took a video of uh, a guy just grabs a little piglet, which is alive, out of the little pen behind the barbecue, and just while he, while the piglet's alive, just puts it on the steak and on the barbecue. Unbelievable. Some yeah, parts of all of work.
1: our uh, friends at the RSPCA. Um, <laughs> that is not an endorsement of the outrageous it's, behaviour it's of not, the Peruvian it's just fans. It's
6: not, but a reflection
2: <laughs> of what happens in some parts of the world. Oh, it's quite a, extraordinary. Very, very, yeah, that's footage. <laughs> just ridiculous. That's,
6: that's taken this segment to a different level. Anyway, be, yeah.
2: um, now, so that's what. So the, the the moral of that story is: if you're a New Zealand fan, you're an All White fan, and you go into the game, don't eat the piglets on the way to the game <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's move
6: on. So, on so obviously Europe this is the uh, obviously the big one as well uh, Russia qualified through actually the hosts uh, we've got Bel- the actual teams that have actually qualified is Belgium Germany England Spain Poland Serbia Iceland France and Portugal
2: hang and on you missed Wales one Wales no Wales you missed one who Ho- what happened to Holland
6: no, Holland, no, yeah. no, they, uh, they're not there either. They're
2: oh, it's of of a bit, bit of goal
6: <laughs> difference, and uh, but there's playoffs. There's um, the playoffs will be the same time our playoffs yeah. are, and it's between those dates of the 9th and the 11th of
1: November. And my local uh, coffee guy um, is a Slovakian, so he was very happy uh, that uh, that they got through after. Um,
2: what about uh, the scenes in the Irish change room after they qualified for playoff?
6: Now, when you say Slovakian,
1: mm-hmm. got through where? Well, they're in the uh, the second place playoffs. They're not. They're not. They missed out. They
6: missed out. They were the goal. worst runner up. Eighteen oh, points. Okay.
2: You so you better tell him. So I It's all bad news. You might
6: have to break that gently yeah. Yeah. if he thinks he's packed his bags and he's ready Sorry, to go. Uh,
1: what about the Irish lads? We've been talking about this.
6: Well, the Irish. I mean. What a one-sided game. Wales yeah. battered them, uh, but the finish was unbelievable. What a finish. I mean, if you're going to a, win a game with a goal like that and send yourself into the playoffs to get a chance... It but wasn't. they
2: were celebrating like they made the World Cup.
6: Well, I they, they think they, they did. And look, Wales... I mean, the national anthem, I'm just going to just talk about that. The national anthem, one of the best in the world, but the way it was sung that particular night... Hairs on the back of your neck. But the so, playoff.
2: So who are the games? The here?
6: playoff. Well, we don't know who they are because it hasn't been drawn yet. Right. And that will be drawn so on I the, the warm Tuesday, ball thing. Tuesday next week. But we'll be looking at Switzerland, Italy, Croatia, Denmark, Northern Ireland, Sweden, the Republic of Ireland, and our boys from Greece.
2: Yes, the boys from Greece got up after a pretty <laughs> horrible campaign just quietly. Yeah, they only yeah. beat Cyprus 2-1 in the league. All right,
1: uh, Dino, give us the one-minute EPL preview because we're focused on World we Cup. Did. Mate, so oh, we did. We should yeah.
2: focus on World Cup.
1: Of course we do. Well, well look, EPL's
6: back, been, yeah. has the championship, and all the games back in Europe, but to most probably the, the game, 7th uh 2nd, Liverpool-Man United, that's big at any time of the year, Um Big rivals, not that far away from each other. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a love-hate, it's a hate relationship from both sides. Uh, Watford, eighth against Arsenal, fifth. That's most probably one that could bridge the gap if uh, Watford were to beat Arsenal. And then at the bottom, Brighton and Oval win against Everton. Uh, 14 v 16 so whoever gets a result there will push away from the relegation zone if they don't they fall most probably into it So
2: how and was Andrew Mengen Ars who blogger who uh, just made the quiet reference that Arsenal got beaten by Liverpool 4-0 but they're still on top of them on the table
6: yeah, just, it, just, is, you know. it is. It's, it's, it's mm. an interest. Well, Arsenal are fifth, so they're in that little, um,
2: that little and spot And you mentioned but, no, Brighton
1: and Hove Albion. So a shout-out to our mate Ben Soro perez who uh, spent uh, the early stages of box to box uh, as our EPL correspondent. He was, yeah. And uh, the, uh, the media insider there. So uh, thanks, Benny, for, for sticking around in those early days.
2: Absolutely. All right,
1: boys. Uh, well, Dean, you're going to hang around for stoppage time. We're going to uh, reflect on uh, some of the funny moments and uh, maybe reveal a few of the truths and a few of the gags that go on behind the scenes, because there have been a few, And it is a feisty room. I want to talk about the
6: funniest, for me, the funniest part of any of the shows was that Christmas party.
1: Oh, well, that was funny. Uh, But we could talk about Turn Sainsbury. (laughs) We could talk about Wrong Numbers Ringing Guests. There's lots of funny things to talk about, so stick around. That's next stoppage time on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Kenneth Warehouse.
0: Home of real brands and real savings. And storage king. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial
1: goal Welcome back to Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Now, the fourth official signals there's 10 minutes left for our special 100th anniversary edition of Stoppage Time. But before we get into that, we've got to tell you about our mates at Storage King because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and a dollar from each t chest box sold during October at Storage King is going to be donated to the McGrath Foundation, the Jane McGrath Foundation. So the offer applies to T-Chess boxes only. So get on in to Storage King and buy your T-Chess boxes because whether you need to move or just pack up some clutter and get it into the garage and get it down to Storage King as well, then uh, the T-Chess box is the way to go. So storageking.com.au is the website. Storage King is where you will find your local storage facility or you could call 1-800-100-700. That's 1-800-STORAGE. So Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the McGrath Foundation, a dollar from each T-Chess box during October. (coughs) That's at Storage King. So Dino, Michael, Mark. It's been a chaotic, <laughs> um, bizarre and um, a roller coaster journey over this past two years. Um, and there's been some funny stories on air and a few off air. But Dino... <laughs> yeah.
3: That's the episode we had the Beatles on, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Dean, your your favourite moment was... Um, the, oh, the Christmas, Christmas party, yeah, last with
6: year. all the gas. I mean, you know, to, to be a show... So I
1: was on holidays... <laughs> and, uh, and and I missed that but I, I listened to it I was up in well, Sydney Well it was like this with the the boss? for me the
6: way the way it went is the boss is away mm-hmm. um, so we're going to like the mice were playing and, uh, <laughs> and the mice certainly played and it was one of the funniest things I've ever experienced uh, especially doing it on air um, mm. the guests were fabulous they, they came in the studio is the smallest studio we have here yes. you know at, at our facility and uh, it was jam-packed Okay so
1: that's, was, uh, Michael Mark so tick off uh, who, who who joined us um, that night? Well, I think H- uh, H- Huss
2: Hidink was there. Huss the was there, of course. Ange, Ange Postacoglu. Mehmet Durakovich was there. Mehmet was there. What can you do? <laughs> 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 who, who was pretty impressive. Mehmet was very impressive. I think Simon, we had Hill. H- Simon Hill. Simon Hill. We had Harry Kill. Simon
6: was there. Yeah, that's right. Yes, Simon came in. Harry. No, Lynchy no, Lynch kept Lynch Lynchy Lynch, was, yeah. Lynch yeah. was great for that. Lynch was really
2: good. Michael Lynch <coughs> that's right, Michael, Michael Lynch was there and he was um he was unhappy because we didn't he, boys. he, he didn't um we didn't talk to him enough. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there was there was a cast of thousands. And, it of course,
1: good. You, you don't have um, a special guest without um, one of our favourite guests on Box to Box. He's always available to us whenever we need him. He flies in uh, on special missions to, to talk to Box to Box, and that's the great Huss. Well,
6: he's here now because, obviously, there's a bit of controversy because the job could be available. Yeah, he's he's
2: waiting for an interview.
6: <laughs> <laughs> what price? You're
1: getting the uh, job? Well, let's ask him. Huss, uh, if, if we offered you the job, um, would you take it?
3: Yeah, as you know I always The same thing I tell you Rob It's about the money the One <laughs> team I won't Be coaching at the World Cup Is the Netherlands oh, They're no. useless The Aranya. <laughs> yeah Crap
2: but I, I actually think that um, Am I
3: allowed to say Shithouse <laughs> I actually <laughs> think
2: <laughs> that Mehmet Durakovic Would probably consider himself A chance to coach The supporters <laughs> Wouldn't he I mean really He's been his you know, straight if in if Malaysia don't
3: Honduras You know what can you do What can you but do
2: Mehmet you could take them To the World Cup in Russia
3: <laughs> Yeah I could and, you know, if I get there and we do well, what can you do? If we do badly, what can you do? Plus, I know Yus will give me those little dolls, the ones with the dolls inside and all that other stuff. Remember, <laughs>
1: do it doesn't say that. <laughs> we're yeah, we're, but we're I, getting, I was talking confused. to Yus
3: in the green room and they told me about them.
1: But, Michael Michael Lynch, um, we, uh, we've we had you on the show a few times. Um, you're a huge Hello. rap on
3: boxing. Hello, to boys. Box. How are you? <laughs> i a bit God. early today, aren't I? Anyway.
2: Lynchy, you, I mean... It's a bit lonely downstairs these days, anyway. Lynchy, why does Ange Postacoglu always smile at you when you ask a question in the press conference? He does. It's like... it's, it's like not aware of that, There's Michael. a lot of warmth between you two guys. I'm down typing away. Down yeah, you, you I'm, the, I'm a proper journo. I like these kids when they're blogs. That's right. But you always ask the first question, Michael.
3: Yeah, and it's always, was that one point gained or two points lost? It's always the same question every time. <laughs> Even if they've won. Which <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? <laughs>
2: Do you think Harry Cool at Crawley Town had been interested in the Socceroos job? Harry? Um, you know,
3: again, um, if they gave it to me, if it, I, I'd have a think about it. But, again, we're not doing too well in the fifth division in England. So, you know, again, um, yeah... <laughs> Not my best way out, really, is it? All of a sudden, yeah, that was starting to become again, yeah. wasn't it? Uh,
1: and there's been a few other moments because uh, Mark has produced the show. And what about uh, Dave uh, uh Dave, He's been a friend he's of the a,
3: show. He's I'll break the story this week. He's been
1: a, he's been a,
2: he's been a, a huge week, Dave. I've gone to the ground. You've gone to the ground. I'm, I'm, I'm imagine he got a few phone calls after that one. Yeah, we got a couple from us, too. He
3: did. Again, that started to become Johnny A for some reason. Anyway, now we Pass the
2: A League and get the soccer We have um, had Johnny A a couple of times on the show. He's been fantastic to talk to. The ex bark striker. Can I just mention one thing, which I think you I know, serious, and, and this is be.
6: most, but no, this is the serious bit. Is that the thing that I love about this show is we are very blessed to have the ability to get some of the biggest names in this mm. sport, mm. and they're kind with their time. It's not like just a one-off. They come on regularly for mm. the show. Whatever walk of life they are in the sports mm. arena, in our game, in our code of football, we've got some unbelievable talent that come on the show week yeah, in, week From down. all over the world. From yeah. all over but the as long, world, as, so. as long
1: as we get their phone numbers right, um, that's, uh, <laughs> sometimes we get them right. What <we'll, laughs> about the
6: one that we went with the, the phone call when we rang him back? He was Perth player, got, wasn't Yeah, it? the Perth lad. Um, what was his centre-half. Um, Grante, yeah. Grante. Yeah, yeah,
1: So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for, for our listeners here We have a rundown And it's, it's very well presented And Mark does a hell of a lot of good work But very occasionally <laughs> He occasionally accidentally puts the phone number um, For the wrong player against uh, their name And uh, and this particular occasion... Uh, we,
3: Dino had been talking to him for about two minutes before yeah. he work out it was the wrong person. Yeah,
6: yeah. <laughs> and he's going, and he's, oh, and he's going yeah, yeah, you've already spoken to me.
1: And then there's, of course, um, the uh, the great Sweetie, uh, Swiss um, football team uh, turned Sainsbury. Uh, Mark's <laughs> spelling is not uh, particularly good. This was very... Yeah, earlier what, do on what do you in say the there, Ron Burgundy? Yeah, I know. OK, so Ron Burgundy. Uh, Mia Culpa. I, I, I've just read what was in front of me, and uh, I'm, I'm wheeling off a piece of news, and I've referred to a. Club and and Trent Sainsbury's name was written incorrectly and uh, and I'll uh, turn. (laughs) So if you ever hear that uh, sort of mentioned, uh, well now I've revealed myself. Anyway, All right. But no, Michael doesn't make any mistakes, does he? You know,
2: no. He's, he's the even tempered, cool.
1: cool person.
2: <laughs> very, I'm very even
1: tempered. Yeah, yeah. I just have it's just like a metronome. Yeah, that's it. He's just like a uh, you know, a, a calm pond
2: of, of tranquility and serenity. I am. Absolutely. No, but I've dialed in the I have dialed into the show from Russia, I have dialed into the show from Japan. Yeah, yeah. I've I've dialed into the show quite a few times it, and it always makes me feel like when I do that it's not appreciated. The extent that it's I, not, I go to. <laughs>
1: you, do you know what? Do you want me to tell you why, Michael? I, I because sure. it's not. But,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but now, but what we should do? I want to send him over to Honduras to to scout the joint and find out just what those um, P15s um, bottles uh, look like <laughs> the in ballons. the pudding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, anyway, and the home
3: end of Stadium is too far away for us to do it. So, <laughs> oh, no, you've
2: got a long way to, a long way if you're going to do this, that, this
6: it. Easy, this it won't be an easy. Uh, no, this won't no, be an easy task. This one, no, this no, got, this,
2: I think this is right up there. Yeah. And I
6: think, and the, the sad thing I'm worried about is all of the negativity we've just gone Coming through. Coming and, life, and we, all of a sudden yeah, we're talking yeah. about Ange might not
1: be. The only thing, Dino, that I was thinking was, is he smarter than all of us? Is he crafting up this siege mentality? Uh, to to get the whole thing at fever pitch and get the players really bunker down, so when they turn up at Honduras, they're just going to be a bunch of angry men ready to prove a point. I hope that's what he's up to.
6: Oh, look, I think from footballers' points of view, they want to go to a World Cup. Hmm. They're desperate to go to a World Cup, hmm. so they'll be all focused. Hmm. But it's the noise that you get with it, and that's the you know instead of celebrating a, a good result because they were they were good. They were mm. they were good, Syria. I don't care what anyone says. That mm. boys, yeah. st- the last that, that last strike. I mean, that is mm. a coat of paint. He played a
2: he played a good
1: game, oh, didn't oh, he? He really did. Yeah. Yeah, I I tell you, letting that breath out after um, the, the <laughs> final whistle. Hey, we're getting too serious on stoppage time, boys. Um, <laughs> hey, Michael, Dean, Mark, and of course our um, panel operator and button pusher and the bloke who makes us look good, Nigel Slater, who's been with us uh, for virtually every episode since day one. Guys, it's been great. Cheers to our next hundred episodes! Thanks, of course, uh, to our sponsors, Storage King and Chemist Warehouse. But there wouldn't be any point doing this program if it wasn't for our listeners. We've got uh, thousands of listeners out there who listen to us each week on NTS, uh, who download the podcast, and uh, and we're very, very grateful for you to have supported us uh, um, over this journey. And we yes, the you
2: too, Ian.
1: The show. Ian Fowler, yeah, of course, Choke. my brother Paddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but all over the world, we do. We know we have listeners uh, uh, in different countries that that give us some feedback. So uh, that is for time on box to box on the 100th edition of the show boys farewell until next week when we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game goodbye what can you do (laughs)